Good morning, it's great to be here. So I'm the new regional pastor, Robert Heyman. I've taken over from Philip Gillam, who you may not have, may or may not have met, and um, taken on the role about two months ago and are loving it. I'm just going to open up God's Word as we, uh, as we start. And if, you'd, if you've got your Bibles and you want to open up or swipe or whatever way you find your Bible, Matthew 7 verses 15 through to 23. Let me read it to you. Matthew 7. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognise them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus by their fruits you will recognise them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, may it guide our thoughts, may it instruct us this morning, and may we get a fresh revelation from it as we contemplate its meaning. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. But being a good Baptist, I've got a three-point sermon um, because every Baptist has a three-point sermon. And just in case your attention spans a little bit shorter than mine, which it would be pretty hard because mine's pretty short, I'll give you the three points right up front. So if you want to duck out and have lunch early, you can you can say you've heard all three points. I want to talk about going deeper into God deeper into the church and deeper into mission and what that looks like and how that works out. I love this poster up here because it talks about the power that is at work within us. It's really easy to go through life and as a Christian and go, well, I've made a decision, I've prayed a prayer and that's all I need to do. But, but the Bible talks about working out our salvation, actually doing something. The, the, the problem we have sometimes is we, we overemphasize that. And I want to talk about going what it looks like to go deeper into God, deeper into the church and deeper into mission. Now you could be forgiven for thinking by the passage, I'm going to talk about the fruit. Because we know fruit is really important but I want to take a step back from the fruit and look at what causes the fruit I'm an ex-landscape gardener I know enough gardening to be dangerous if I was turning up to your to your garden outreach with my three plants and I went away with three other plants I would win and someone else would have a challenge on their hand 
to resurrect my three plants. I can tell you now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the green thumb. But I did learn when I was landscaping that it's not, if you want a plant to grow, if you want to make it a good plant, it's all about what's happening under the soil. It's all about how much water, how much feed, what the nutrients are in there. Yeah, you can spray the leaves with a bit of white oil and you can do all that sort of stuff, but it won't need a much up there if down here is working. And it's the same with our Christian life. We want our fruit to be good. It's about where we're planted and what we're, what we're drawing in. In Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve decided uh, they had a better idea than walking with God in the cool of the evening every, every evening, and, and they had a better idea and actually thought, well, let's, let's try... God said we couldn't touch that fruit we shouldn't eat that fruit. I think, why don't we just try it and just see? It can't be that bad, can it? And when they did, the consequences were drastic. And when God came in the cool of the evening, his first question was not, what have you done? That wasn't his first question. He got to that. He got to that down the track and said, you know, there's a consequence for that. But his first question was, what was his first question? Where are you? Where are you? And if we're going to go deeper into God, deeper into the church and deeper into mission, it's a great question to ask ourselves. Where are we? Where are we now? It's really easy for me to go through life, especially when, as a senior pastor, and go, you know, I've got it all together. I, I preach most Sundays lead Bible studies and prayer meetings and I do all this spiritual activity. Of course I'm going well. But, but as John Maxwell, the, the leadership um, expert in, the, in, in America would say, you can be doing something for 20 years and have 20 years experience or you can be doing it for 20 years and have one year experience 20 times over. And it's easy as a Christian to slip into this is what I do this is how I go about it every week I turn up sing a few songs listen to someone talk for a while hope it's not for too long and hope it's not too boring and and have a cuppa and go home and and maybe we'll do a Bible study and and maybe we'll open up our Bible each day if if you have a really good week and maybe I'll pray depending on how busy it is. And I'll go through the motions, but does it actually impact where you are with God? If we're going to move deeper into God, it's really good to have a a peg in the ground and say, this is what I'm like now. This is what my relationship's like now. What do I have to do to move it forward? What do I have to do to make it different? my relationship with my four children is different to what it was 25 years ago. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for that. Some things don't change. They're still, Dad, can I have this? Dad, can I have that? But the way we talk to each other is totally different. There's this, you move from father, son to sort of 
mateship, don't you? And hopefully in our relationship with God, we move and we grow and the conversation becomes deeper and richer and we actually listen a bit harder and we actually share a little bit more in a raw state because he knows it anyway. Early on, you know, you sort of say, you don't want to, you're a bit like Adam, you sort of hide things from God, hoping he doesn't find out. You know, I'll let you in a secret, he knows already. He actually knew where Adam and Eve were. He didn't have to ask them, oh, where are you? He actually wanted them to identify where they were. They were hiding because they'd messed up. You know, he already knew that. So if we're going to go deeper into God, we've got to make sure we actually understand where we are and what we can do, what we need to do. And I'd like to say, here are the three things you need to do. But I don't know what you what, what you are. And, and you know, the, the traditional answer is, you know, you need to read your Bible more, you need to pray more, you need to, to fellowship more. You know, all those things are very helpful. But each one of us will have a different aspect of you know, something that we need to sort of work on with God. You know, I need I need to just stop more and listen. That's what I need to do. I know that. Every time I, I, I think about going deeper into God, God tells me, you know. And, and I hazard a guess that a lot of you here will already know what you need to do to go deeper into God. You, know, you, you, you already know that. And you don't need someone to tell you, you just need someone to remind you, going, oh, I should be doing that. Because what we feed into our lives is going to affect what comes out. At, um, in Sale, there's a, um, a prison that's about three or four k's out of town. And I had the privilege of um, going into that prison uh, each year or, or twice a year for a six-week block to teach a character-building course. And it was, the idea was to help, help the prisoners. It was a, a Christian-based course. It was to help the, the prisoners to actually change their character or build their character so that would actually help them to be rehabilitated, and, and we used to and, and we used to talk about um, how you know ask them, do you want to actually change what you do and how you do it? And they go, and most of them would say yes. And we would put a picture of a tree up in the uh, on on the on the whiteboard, and we would say, if you want to change the fruit of your tree. It's about what you're feeding the roots. The character comes from the roots. Our character, who you are, comes from what you draw in. You know, the psalmist says, you know, be like a tree planted by streams of living water. And that's what comes out. You want to get deeper into God, it's about being planted right where God is and drawing up from him. It's his spirit at work in you that will change you. Which, which you know leads on to the whole concept of deeper into the church. Now I am talking about deeper into Wang Baptist, but I'm also talking about deeper into the church because you know we are called to be kingdom people. I used to say to the Sale Church, my calling is not to build up Sale Baptist Church. 
that's not my job that's not my calling my calling is to build up the kingdom of God whatever tag is on people's lives or over the door of whichever church they worship at you know that's the calling so when I talk about the deeper into the church I'm talking about the kingdom of God your expression of that is right here but doesn't end as you walk out the door and if, and if you want to go deeper into God one of the things that will happen is you'll actually get deeper into the community of God this, this Bible if you were you know, people say if you were lost on a desert island what would, the, what would be the three things you'd take with you and you know the Christian answer is a Bible let me tell you that, and that would be great but it would be very, very frustrating. You know why? Because this cannot be lived out by yourself. This is a community book. This is about doing life together. All the one another's, the whole of the Old Testament is about community. It's about the laws. The law is about how you live together. Jesus is about building the body up. This is a book that has to be lived out in community. I come across a lot of people who say, I love God, just can't handle the church. Now, I know you're not like that because you're sitting here. But some people still are a bit... You can't love God without loving the people, without having a desire to live in community. I can do things that you can't do and you can do things way better than I can ever think and dream of. My son, who's leading the, the sail church at the moment, is a way better leader and developer of leaders than I ever could be. That's just his gift. You know, I joke about it, but that's, that's why we work together so well. Our gifts complemented each other and we were a partnership. And we were able to help one another. If you want to grow, if you, as you grow into God and get deeper into God, you're going to recognise your gifts and how you're going to need other people alongside you, and you can support them and they can support you. And together we build up the church, going deeper into the church. Your relationship with God will cost you. Your involvement in the church will cost you. Reading this book will cost you I'm not just talking finances this is about giving up everything isn't it I I could be cheeky and and visiting churches it's really nice because I can be a little bit cheeky and I can say some things and then I can just walk out the door and you can go oh that was a bit but if you want to know where you're at with God and the church and with mission but with God and the church, open up two things and have a look. Open up your diary and look where you spend your time. And open up your bank statement and look where you spend your money. Now, I'm not saying give more money to the church. I'm just saying look where you... Because this book says where your treasure is, or where your heart is, there your treasure is also. And what's your treasure? You know, 
the two things that we treasure are time and money. And it's an indication of what you value. And it doesn't mean you've spent all your money into Christian things. But what it does, it gives you an, in, gives you an insight into your heart. And, and, and we're called to be generous people. We, my wife and I have tried very hard to, be, to live a generous life. We've tried very hard to, to make sure that we are not ruled by, by trying to end up with all the, you know, all the toys in the, to- in the toy box when we finish life. That, that's, that's never been our, our, um, on our agenda. And our children have seen that and they have reflected that to us. And it's really encouraging to be able to say, I think we got that one reasonably okay. We perfect no, but, but reasonably okay. So as, so as we go about going deeper into God, we look at our, where we spend our time and our money. Because the Bible has a lot to say about that. You know, the, the, the church, the deeper into the church thing, is, is also very. It looks different to every person, every every you know, all, all sorts of people. There's a guy that um, the the Union Baptist Union is supporting in uh, in northern Melbourne called John O Ingram. There's a new estate down there um, that Woodley is building, and there's something like 150 houses a year being built in this area. And people are just moving in. You know, two, three, four families a week are moving into this estate. The developers see normally when when that happens, you know, churches go in and say, "We'll buy a block of land so we can build a church." This is a whole new suburb starting. The developers have said there is no churches allowed to be built in this area, where there's no place for that. Now I know why they've done it. And they're not against Christians. They may or may not be wanting to to stop other churches or religions is as a motivation because it impacts land value. That's my suspect, not the Baptist Union's view. So, so what does the union do with that? So, how do we reach into a community where we can't build a building? So John O. Ingram says, I'll just be a community builder. I will build up the community and I'll just live in this environment and just do things. And so he started and he built a relationship with the developers and the developers said, hey, We've got this space at the back of our office and, and display village that really, it's a bit messy and it, we sort of don't really know what to do with it. Do you, what do you reckon you could do with that? And he goes, oh, well, I could build a community garden and a community space where we could do stuff together. And they go, that'd be great. You Go for it. Use it. Do you need some money to help, to, you know, shape it up? Yeah, 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 yeah that'd be great, you know. We've got a pizza oven here, said the developer. Can you? We, we bought it thinking it'd be a good idea at the time, but it's never been used. Do you, do you reckon that would work? And 
So he has pizza nights in his community garden. The people come and do the gardening and they, and they, and they gather together as community and once a month they have pizza nights and they, and they just build relationship. Now, Jono's doing it in the name of Jesus and people are seeing that. Jono knocks on doors of every new person that comes into the community and says, here's a welcome pack to your suburb. This is the information you need to know about what's going on in your suburb. And, and if you need anything, just, just give us a hoy, you know. His kids play in the playground, so every time he's there, he meets new families. Church looks a bit different in that place. But Jesus is being um, expounded. The gospel is growing. Church is gonna, may look a little bit different, but it will grow. And, and, and there's a place where people will find Jesus. So d- deeper into, into mission, I need to keep moving. What, what, what's your role now in mission? You might say, oh, I don't have a role in mission. Or you might be thinking, well, I, I support these three missions, missionaries. Just thinking about what Jono does. Now, in a regional area, we're often a bit better at knowing who our neighbours are. We're often a little bit better at helping one another. But it's still a little bit removed for us sometimes. I wonder how many of us, and not my strong suit, how many of us know the people in our street, your mission field? How many of us will seriously think about taking an envelope with 15 invitations and target someone who they know will be very helped by having another connection with the church? If you're praying for somebody to become a Christian, that's fantastic. If you're praying for your neighbours to become a Christian, that is great. Can I ask you to do one more thing though? Think about what is the next step they need to take the next step towards God. Do they need to meet another Christian? Do they need to have a question answered that you may or may not be able to to, to do? Do they need another group where they can come to? Do they need just the opportunity to come to your place for a barbecue. What do they need to take the next step towards God? Some of them might be at a point where they need to be really challenged about the gospel. Others might be at a point where they might even, you might need to tell them that you're a Christian or somewhere in the middle. But I think it's really hard to continue to pray for people to become Christians if you're not partnering with God and saying, God, what's the next step you want me to take with this person? That can be whether it's your family member or your neighbour. Deeper into mission actually means we go deeper into mission. And it's scary. And it takes you out of your comfort zone. It's called a faith walk. And if I... I just guess there's a few things about faith in here and how we need to take one step at a time. And if we have the faith because we've sown into our relationship with Jesus, 
into our relationship with God and we've gone deeper into God and we're in a community that supports us and encourages us, we can actually get deeper into mission and do some amazing things for God. Miwon is um, a worker at the Baptist Union. Miwon's been on staff for 20 years. She's the longest standing staff member in the Baptist Union. Miwon came on staff as a multicultural worker when we had one or two multicultural churches 20 years ago. She now journeys with so many of our, our um, low churches, you know, languages other than English churches and journeys with them from all different cultures and is able to sow into their life in, in mission and encourage them about what it looks like for them to do mission in, in a world which is foreign to them. And, 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 and she journeys with them and walks alongside them through the good times and the bad times. When they, when they do things culturally different to us, she's able to step in when, 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 when they struggle with, with, with um, the, way, the way we do Baptist Union things, she's able to journey with them. But most of all, she's able to journey with them in mission because they're passionate about mission. That's why they're growing so much. They're passionate about community and mission. And so when the Chin Church sort of meets... They just find anyone else in their culture, who's who from their culture, who's who's living anywhere near them, and just draws them in, draws them into their to their church and their and their wider community. What's your journey on mission like at the moment? What's the next step you need to take? I've got three points, and you've got three steps. What's your next step in going deeper in God? What's your next step in going deeper into the church? And what's your next step in going deeper into mission? I'm a preacher who doesn't leave the so what question just out there. I'll tell you so what. You've listened to me for half an hour and so what? You've got three questions to do some homework with. I'm not going to check your homework. I'm not going to ask you to write it down but I'm going to ask you to think about it. So what are you going to do with your relationship with God, church and mission and what's the step you're going to take? That's your homework for the week as you journey with your God and your Saviour. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God that loves relationship, that yearns to spend time with us that yearns to encourage us and guide us. Father, we thank you that you are a God that wants to reach out into a community that needs to know you more and more. So, Father, I pray for this church and these people that you will just continue to equip them and guide them and strengthen them. Father, as they go through a time of of transition without a past, that you will just, just continue to give wisdom to the leadership. Father, I pray that you will just continue to work in this place, that they will lift Jesus high and that people in Wangaratta will know that you are God because of their love and their commitment to you. And we give you praise and honour in Jesus' name. Amen.